I have been known to have our debates over the year. Hopefully you have somebody you can call on when it's time to settle a debate. For us, that's always been our pastor that we first worked with, Pastor B, we call him. And whenever we had a debate, we'd call him and his word somehow became gold to us. And whatever he said, I mean, even one time we called him to decide to discern what the actual best flavor of ice cream was. And whatever he says, case closed, all right? Well, when you're trying to settle an argument, you have to go to the highest authority possible. So it shouldn't be a huge surprise to us that Jesus was actually called upon a lot, probably more than we realize, to settle disputes. You probably remember, if you've heard from the Bible, the, remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, they were the two governing parties in Israel. And if you think America has political divides, we've got nothing on Israel. Jesus had walked into the middle of a nation that was split right down the middle into two camps. And the question that they were all asking is, you know, what does God want? And they divided into two categories. The Pharisees said, just focus on God, worship God, exalt God. You know, it's all about the spiritual. It's about heaven. And if we'll focus on God, God will take care of everything on the earth. He'll take care of all the physical problems. The the Sadducees said exactly the opposite. They said, gang, you're completely wrong. God's needs are all met. Spend your time where the problems are here on the earth. That's what God wants us to do. Get to work with the people and that's what will please God. Well, Jesus often was addressing these things because the entire nation of Israel, you know, was following into one of these two camps. So Jesus was often addressing what was on their minds. And one, the Bible tells many stories of this, but one of the interesting situations was a story when the Pharisees and the Sadducees were both present. The Bible said they're both asking him questions, trying to get them in his, in their camp. And one of them asked the loaded question. Now we've all heard this before, but we probably didn't realize just how political it was at the moment, but one of them asked him, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Now, when they said that, that's a loaded question. This is huge in their mind because for the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're all needed. They're, they're setting their case before the Supreme Court because everybody's listening to Jesus. He's obviously an authority and they want to find out what he has to say about this. Well, Jesus responded with, and we're familiar uh, with his answer. Jesus responded with the most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And and what we may not realize is when Jesus said that, the Pharisees just erupted with high fives, slapping each other. Woo, this is awesome. That's right. Jesus just confirmed our position. What's important is God. No more having to listen to these ridiculous Pharisees telling us that we should be serving people. And while they're high-fiving each other, uh, Jesus just clears his throat and finishes with this. The second, he said, is, everybody say equally important. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And now the Sadducees are high-fiving each other saying, that's right. That's what we've always been saying. We always knew that God was important, but people are equally important. And since God has all of his needs met, The way to please God is to meet the needs of people. Get to work where all the pain is down here on earth. And you know how people interpret everything through their own lens. So I'm sure both camps went home that day feeling like Jesus was on their side when the fact is he wasn't. He was right in the middle. He wanted to get both of them realizing that if you don't have both, you're gonna end up with neither. Now, the reason I give you all this political backdrop is because we've been, uh, we're in 21 days of prayer 
this Monday morning again. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., we're going to be here. We're streaming it online, so you could join us online if you can't be here, and you can pray in your jammies at home. But we're hoping you'll join us. But even in the Lord's Prayer, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer, and even in this prayer, he is addressing this divide. He's addressing these two things, saying, gang, you better, even in your own prayers, include these two. So we're seeing in the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, we spent all last week talking about that first category, how God wants us to develop a personal, even an emotional relationship a dependent relationship with him where we are spiritually connected with him. But then the very next thing out of Jesus's mouth is again, and in the Israelites, when they heard him say this, they would have understood that he's saying both of these together. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Would you read this line with me? On earth as it is in heaven. One more time, let's read that aloud. On earth as it is in heaven. Now they got it. When Jesus said that, he was addressing this divide saying, gang, if we're gonna be the people who please God, we're going to have to be, yes, the spiritual people who connect with God spiritually, even emotionally and connect with him and have a dependent relationship upon him. But we're also gonna have to be the people who are working with God to build his kingdom right here on the earth where the pain is. Now, anybody who tells you that it's simple to get both of these in the same life, in the same heart. Both of these, were, that a church, a people doing both, carrying both, doesn't understand the battle because from the beginning of time, humanity has divided into categories and especially over this and very few have been able to get these two together and it's when they come together that God really does his best work in human lives. And as, you know, these categories, I mean, just be honest, do Christians lean to one side of this or another? I know I can admit I absolutely do. I lean so hard to the right of that equation that it's been a long, hard, and sometimes painful process to get me even close to the middle of it. And the, But the longer I serve God, the more I recognize his concern for the pains of the earth, the issues of the earth, and the closer I get to realizing I not only have to connect with God, he wants me to get to work in this world. Now, most Christians are surprised to find out just how concerned God is with this earth. In fact, most are surprised to find out that when God wraps this all up, God actually brings heaven down to earth. We just sang that song, I Can Only Imagine. Do we realize that heaven, the Bible's perfect, many places makes it perfectly clear that heaven comes down to this earth and we spend eternity on the earth. Now it's beautified and glorified, but that's, that's shocking to people. Obviously, God is just displaying, gang, his heart has always been for this earth. There's many scriptures that display this. And one of them here we just see in, in Revelation, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down. It's coming down from heaven, God out of heaven to the earth. All right, we go on. God himself will be with them. Now notice the, the first activity that the Bible lists when God shows up personally, his kingdom is now here on the earth. The very first thing he's doing is wiping away every tear from our eyes. His first activity, we're gonna remember that because we're gonna come back to that because that's what ministry is, is wiping tears from eyes. It goes on to say there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. Every last one of us in this room have some of those, some of that pain right now that we're carrying. All these are gone forever. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for it, right? Now, I'm not sure every, uh, nobody knows exactly how the end comes and you know the kingdom of Christ comes, when it happens, exactly how it happens. But every preacher has his 
uh, theories, and I've got mine, all right? So here's how, here's how it rolls for me, all right? Of course, when heaven comes down, it happens during church time. When else would he choose to come? Of course, it happens during church service. And when it comes, he naturally assumes that wherever he finds you is where you want to be for eternity. Now, the Bible says when he finds you in his house, the Bible is very clear that he's prepared mansions for his kids. And, oh, isn't it going to be awesome? Oh, it's going to be awesome. But, and this is painful, what, and God knows some are short in Maine. He knows he gives us some weekends off. But what happens if you start milking your summer out beyond back to church weekend? What happens if he returns and you're still... I asked, I prayed this, and it was hard, but God sent me a picture. He sent me a picture from, from eternity, 10,000 years into the future. He sent me a photo. Do you guys want to see it? 10,000 years into eternity, and the Rizzos are still at their camper. <laughs> Wasumpke Springs forever. Oh, man. It's a classic example of just... Milking your summer, just too much, too much. Actually, the Rizzo's turned out well. Um, Compton and Amanda got caught in another spot. And um, <laughs> man, it's a tough break. Uh, just in case you don't have a sense of humor, that is a complete and utter joke. Uh, I'm just trying to have fun. But the truth of the matter is that heaven actually does come down and is on this planet. God is concerned about the earth. Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Everybody say on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I want to give you examples of how when we think, and I think most of us do, I know I do, and we kind of lean too far to the right of that equation, how it ends up hurting us and costing us all. Here's just one thought that I think most of us would share that for church, What's actually important is the spirituality of it, connecting with God, worshiping God, connecting with God spiritually. That's what's important. Human talent, I mean, all these things on the left, the physical, the, the people, I mean, that's not, that's not what is important. Now, I'm gonna tell you a story of how I came back to, I used to be way far right on that and how I got a little bit closer to the center of that, that even concerning church and church services, human involvement and talent is important. I was at a, after right out of Bible college, got in, uh, hired at a church that was off the charts to the right, just like I was, so we were a perfect match. They were so far off to the right, they had church services where anybody who felt the spirit could come and grab the microphone and sing. And I actually thought this was awesome. I thought it was a great idea. That's right, let's just let the spirit lead. None of this natural, get this flesh out of the way, man. Let's just have Jesus, all right? So I'm in this service, I think it's awesome connecting with Jesus, and I'll never forget. Her, her name was Melissa. Last night, I told her her last name, and they told me to edit that. Don't put that in there. She came up, and she grabbed the mic. Now, all I knew about Melissa before this time was that she was always asking us to pray for her husband because he didn't want to come to church. I found out that day why he didn't want to come to church. <laughs> so I'm in my spiritual mode, locked into Jesus, just worshiping, and Melissa begins with these words before she sings. She says, now, today, this isn't me. This is all Jesus. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, just all, that's what it's all about, man. It's all about Jesus. So I'm in my spot, and 
And she began. And um, well, Jesus struggled a little bit through the first verse. But I was still worshiping. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. And then I don't know how to say this, but then Jesus got to the chorus. And he went to a place he should have never gone. And Jesus uncorked something from the dark side of the force. And I found myself saying, oh, Jesus, I've always thought you were awesome. But today, Jesus, whoo, you suck. You're stinky, Lord. You just stink. (laughs) Now, obviously, I'm having a little bit of fun, but I am not exaggerating this experience. That was the truth. And she actually sang... But have you, ever, have you ever been there where something like that, where somebody who actually wasn't, whether it's singing, that's the most obvious, where, who didn't have that gift and uh, was, you know, ministering supposedly, and could you just ignore that and worship God and connect? Could you connect with God spiritually while it sounded like a cow was dying in the microphone? <laughs> could you? No, you couldn't, could you? And it's not because you're unspiritual It's because that's the way God has ordained things. It's God who's given both spiritual and physical talents and gifts, and God is the one who has ordained that we use those for his glory. That's the way God wants it. Have you ever sat and listened to somebody teach who didn't have the gift of teaching? Don't you dare say it. (laughs) Some of you stinkers are sitting there thinking, every week, Pastor Brian, it's a struggle. No, but I can testify in my life, I can look back at, at, at times when my life was transformed, was changed, as I received a word from God that deposited in my heart and it made sense, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's what God wants, and the Holy Spirit did something in me and, and changed my life. But it's easy to track that every one of those occasions was a time where I was listening to a gifted teacher and they had my attention. I've also been there where somebody who didn't have that gift, and I'm kind of wondering, what? Where are we going here? What, what are we trying to say? And oddly enough, when that person was sharing the Holy Spirit, I was spending more time wondering where we were going and I wasn't receiving. And it's the point, the spiritual and the natural come together and God ordained it that way. That's the way he wants it. He doesn't want to build his church just by his spirit doing it all. He wants people to jump in with him. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray your will be, everybody say on earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And remember this, the first thing Jesus does when he shows up, remember the first thing he's doing is wiping tears from eyes. All these gifts that he's given us ultimately is to accomplish that. Because how, how does God do that today? Before he shows up physically, was he's, come, was he's coming. Before he's showing up, how is he doing that today? How is he getting that? What are the Kleenexes in his hand today. Well, that's his church. We get that. We understand that's his body in the earth. So how is God doing it today? For six weeks, we went through a series we called Photograph, where we looked at, from scripture, the pictures of the church. And let's just look back one more time at this uh, church in uh, the book of Acts. You need to go to the next slide, guys. There we go. Um, right here, this is a picture out of the book of Acts. The church, now right in the middle, I want you to notice in verse 34, everybody say, no needy people. So there's no needy people. Needs are being met. Tears are being wiped away. But how is that happening? 
Now, the Pharisees would point to verse 33 and they say, well, obviously the reason needs are being met is because God's great blessing was upon them all. And when the spirit of God is on you, when you have God's great blessing, all your problems are over. The Sadducees would say, listen, dope. It's not that, it's verse 35. It's the people, they were sacrificially giving and they were bringing that money and they were physically getting involved. They were, everybody say sacrificially. They were sacrificially serving and that's what was making the church. That's where, what was happening. And I think Jesus would come along and say, gang, if you try to focus on just one or the other, you're actually gonna end up with neither. You're gonna end up with nothing. I think Jesus would say, because if you try to help humanity, and I think we all inherently know this, that we're called to wipe tears away. And you understand that I'm not always talking about literal physical tears, but, but we're trying to help humanity, right? I think we all know that. We, every person has that in their heart. But friends, we have only have thousands of years of history to prove that if you try to wipe away human tears without God's Spirit's help, you're going to end up running out of gas and only wiping your own tears away, spending all your energy working on your own self, and you're going to end up just building your own kingdom. You need God's Spirit and God's eyes and, and God's strength to keep on helping. If you're really going to help in the long run, you've got to get that first part. You've got to get God's Spirit. But if you just focus on that first part and you just worship God without sacrificially helping humanity, you're going to end up being a religious, judgmental nut that nobody likes. We've never been that person, have we? I've been that guy. Yeah. Gang, we need both. We need God's hand of blessing on us, so that's why we pray You know, why do we pray? Well, it's when we pray that we open our hearts to God's vision. God then puts his visions in us and then we get to work, everybody say on the earth, on the earth, bringing those visions to pass. Friend, everything we do at Life Church is partnering with God in wiping tears away. Even what we're doing right now, I firmly believe there's nothing more valuable that we as a church could be doing than me sharing a message from God's word, packaging it in a way that we can understand it, we can get a hold of it, and we understand that God has called us to partner with him to build something and then to invite you to join us in building God's kingdom and building his church, building practical, natural ministries that meet needs and wipe tears away. That's everything we're doing has that goal on it. And gang, I'm never gonna hesitate to plead with you to beg you, to plead with you. Let's build something together. Let's get infused with God's spirit. Go forth with his vision. I'm asking you to join me. Join God for heaven's sake and let's wipe some tears away. Yeah. Friends, I've watched this, I've watched this for 25 years in the ministry and the happiest people on earth are not the people who have everything going their way and their kingdom is flying. They're not. They end up in a ditch just like everybody else. They end up just building their own kingdom and it never works. The happiest people on earth are the people who have been seized by a vision from God and they know for a fact that God has called them to partner with him and his church to build something on this planet and something that's gonna be useful and helpful and that is a perfect description of everything. that we. Every ministry it's a Kleenex in God's hands and we are his hands. Now, some of those ministries at Life Church are more obvious. 
when Project Blessing literally hands a physical blanket to a person coming out of homelessness, that's, that's okay, we get that. Like, okay, oh yeah, yeah, okay. We're wiping tears away, I, I get that. All right, when Safe Families is taking in a, a child who needs you know, care, we, you know, that, okay, I get that. that. That's wiping tears away. But gang, what is the goal of the children's ministry? That right now, there's probably 100 kids downstairs and there's a lot of workers working their hearts out. But what is their goal, gang? It's the same goal. Hopefully, 90% of the tears we wipe away at Life Church are preemptive efforts. Do we get that? Before the tears form. Before young lives crash on rocks and there's actual tears, we're wiping them away. That's the goal of the children's and the youth ministries. I encourage you, if you have from age 12 up, get them here on Wednesday nights. You're young people and need a little bit of help, I promise you, right? That's the goal. So how well are these ministries doing? How well are they doing? I know what you want me to say. I want you to, me to, I, you want me to sit up here and say, oh, they're just killing it, man. Knocking it out of the park. They're just completely awesome and they need none of your help. That would be, actually, I can tell you exactly how well those ministries are doing. I can actually tell you exactly how well any ministry is doing. It's simple. They're doing exactly, they are exactly as effective as the energy and the heart that we, everybody say we, that we are putting into them. They're exactly that effective. And I know we don't want to make it that, that natural. We don't, want to, we don't want to be that physical about it. Oh, no, Pastor Brian, Jesus is just taking care of it. No, that's not true. When God's people take God's ideas and God's energy and funnel that into something practical, into building something awesome for kids, it's amazing how kids go home and say, God is awesome. Dude, church is cool. But... When? Now, this doesn't happen at Life Church. It doesn't. We've got great workers, great, a great, we call them dream teams. But when a, you put a lazy person, I grew up with this. When you put a lazy person who just feels the obligation, okay, somebody's got to do it. And they, they stick them in a stinky, musty room. And the only instructions they give them is don't let these kids out till I'm done preaching. Because I'm feeling the spirit today and I've got a burden to deliver. Well, interestingly enough, it always takes at least two hours for the preacher to deliver that burden. And by the time he's done, everybody leaves with a burden, especially those kids. They've been screaming to get out for an hour. And on the way home, they say, Mommy, is Jesus at church? And mommy doesn't really know what, the, she's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus is at church. And then that kid says the same thing I said when Melissa sang. Oh, but I used to think Jesus was awesome, but I guess he's a little stinky. I guess he's not so awesome. And I, can, I know we, we don't like, we don't like to make it that practical. We want to keep it more spiritual. No, 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 Jesus, he's just doing awesome things regardless of what we're doing. Friends, that's not true. He, he energizes us. He fills us with his vision and we with him. Friends, yes, it is his spirit. It is his vision. It is his energy. That's why we give him all the glory. But we have to work with him. Just this past week, actually it was two weeks ago now, I received a message from a, a young guy that was, uh, was in my youth group 22 years ago. I haven't heard from, heard from him for 22 years. And he messaged me 
And he just, a couple weeks ago, just had an encounter with God and finally turned his life around and the drugs and the alcohol are gone. He's faithful to his wife, loving life, living large. And he messaged me and in his mind, he gave me all the credit. He's saying, Brian, I still, everything you said, man, I remember it. I remember those lock-ins because I I had a lot of lock-ins because I finally figured out if I'm going to get stuff into these kids, I figured if I could combine fun and Jesus and all night, home run. Something about keeping those kids up all night. So I had a lot of lock-ins, but Ryan was one. I never knew if I was reaching him. I'll never forget one night, had a lock-in and about four o'clock in the morning, I was pretty much usually out of gas. So I'd done all the fun activities I could find that focused on, you know, anything godly. So I would uh, put a movie on and they're watching Back to the Future and I make the mistake of dozing off for 10 minutes. I wake up and Ryan is smooching all over some girl right in the middle of all the teens. I mean, right in the middle. I just grabbed him and pulled him aside. I mean, he wasn't just pecking away. He was, anyways, (laughs) I grabbed him and pulled him aside and Ryan, what are you doing? said, Ryan, when I was a young man, we had the decency at least to hide under the pews if we were going to make out. Good gracious. You're out there in front of Jesus and everybody. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm just telling you to say that I never knew if I really impacted his life. I didn't know. There were weeks. I remember specifically weeks of, of youth camp. That Man, you worked so hard. You came home just exhausted. And I can remember thinking, Oh, I'm just exhausted thinking, man, is this Jesus or me? I, I thought it was, and, and, and I heard what at that time, I now know to be ignorant, but at that time, you know, I'd listen to them. They're like, oh, you don't got to put in that much work. The battle's the Lord's. And, and, and that is a scripture, but they conveniently ignore a thousand other scriptures where Paul talks about the, just how he laid his life down. And, and again, I, I can remember thinking back then, well, is it Jesus or is it me? I get this message from Ryan and Ryan's giving me all the praise. Now, just in case you're confused, gang, I, I'm not building myself up. I'm not saying, look at me and look at what I did. I'm not confused. I give God the glory. I understand it's the spirit of God who uses whatever efforts that we can give. But friends, we can't be those people who think that it just doesn't matter. The effort we put in just doesn't matter. It all works out the same one way or the other. The effort we put in t- into any ministry doesn't really matter. It all works out the same. That is insanity. That is not true. That is not the word of God. That's not the way God wants it to be. He never wanted it that way. He wants to put it, he wants, yes, to fill us with his spirit, but he wants us to pour our hearts into it. Now, I'm presuming that I've got at least two of you with me and you're thinking, I get it. I, I'm in with you, Pastor. I get it. And I know a lot, of, lot more of you are, are in there. You're already on what we call dream teams. We call all of our ministries dream teams because to us, that's what they are. They are, they are a dream. They are a dream of seeing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's a dream. Now, I know when you're working in it, more often than not, it just feels like work. I know as I came into church this morning, the band was practicing and Crystal won't tell you this, but she's feeling a little bit ill today and she was struggling. I came up and she was struggling, but (laughs) that's it. You push through and you give your heart and you give your all. So here's here's the truth, gang. 
Let's build something together. And it starts, now, I wish I had another hour to explain this, but I promise you, if you work for 100 years, it, doing your best to, to work with God, with his spirit, I can promise you'll end up only building in three categories. There's only three categories you could build in. Number one is relationships. Number two are ministries, and that's, that's really broad. That's all of the million Kleenexes in God's hands, okay? And the third are physical environments for ministry. Why are we moving this building here? And, and why are we working on that Saturday? Next Saturday, we'll be out here doing some more work. Come and join us. Uh, even those, once you create a physical environment dedicated to ministry, dedicated to wiping tears away, watch it happen. It just happens. Anything you dedicate for that purpose, God fills it, right? But you'll end up building in these three categories if you're building with him. And the first one is just relationships. First of all, obviously, is that relationship with God. And that takes work. That's why it might be work for you to get up a little early. Join us here at 6 a.m. It's only 21 days, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Again, if you can't be here physically, get, go online. And I realize that for a lot of us, prayer is something that we're not too familiar with. But the, gang, this is just, it's just black and white. Without God's spirit and God's vision, we're gonna have a lot of great intentions that just end up short. They end up flat. They end up, we, and we just end up wiping our own tears, and that's it. Now, relationships, obviously, on the human side, that ministry always begins, biblically, it always begins at home. And as I was preparing this message, I mean, just the same thought, I pretty much have this thought every day, I remember this, that my ministry, if I'm gonna help humanity, it starts at home. If I can't wipe tears away at home, it's not gonna be effective outside. So I'm working, at, I'm at this part of the message, I'm working on it. And Raquel and I share an office, so I just stop preparing and I just go over there and I'm rubbing her back. Thinking, all right, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna build something. I'm gonna earn some points. I'm gonna dig myself out of a hole I probably dug and don't even know it. I'm gonna, so I'm over there rubbing her back. And as I do, she just brings up a, a young person, um, a young teenager who she has on her heart. And, and she's just been praying for this young person. And just as she shared them, I just had a little moment where I had to wipe a tear from my own eyes because I realized this, this, the reason this young teen is on her heart is her parents are separated right now. And I, we both, Raquel and I, have sat with both parents individually as actual physical tears were flowing down their faces. We've sat with their Young people, as real tears were flowing down their faces, and I was just uh, refreshed with that revelation. I, I've just kind of felt like it was a moment. I mean, that why she brought that up or why that came up while I'm over there. And the reason I'm rubbing her back is because of this revelation that ministry begins at home. And gang, please catch this. Everybody, we all have the best intentions. Nobody, I performed a lot of weddings. I've done a lot of wedding uh, marriage counseling. Nobody gets married saying, you know what? I think I can blow this thing up in a year, man. I can, I, can, I can mess this thing up big time. Just watch. No, everybody goes in with the best intentions. And why do too many end up in tears? Whether or not they end up in divorce, why is there too many tears on the back end of that? Because getting without the spirit of God, without an ongoing infusion of God's spirit, our best intentions fall short. And here's the truth. Now, you probably don't know this yet. So let me tell you something that you'd never figured out. Your spouse has some flaws, okay? They're human 
and they have some flaws, and they have some flaws that would potentially even cause some tears on your part. That, that's a shocker to you, I know, but, but potentially, and here's the truth, if we don't on a regular basis receive God's grace, which is why I am going to plead with you to make back-to-church weekend, back-to-church lifestyle. You just watch. I guarantee you, you will, if your heart, if you're paying attention at all, if your heart is open at all, you will leave here today with a little more strength in your legs, with a little bit more freshness, fresh revelation that, okay, I've got to keep forgiving. I've got to keep giving. That's our job. It never ends. You know when it ends? When that kingdom comes down or he takes us up. As long as you're on planet earth, I've got to, everybody say giving. I've got to keep giving. I've got to keep loving. And I've got to keep, everybody say forgiving. That starts at home. And it's God's grace that keeps coming into us that refreshes that and makes our homes where a place where the tears are wiped away and we get, and then God can use us for greater things in this world. We're gonna work on relationships. God wants us to work on dream teams and ministries. If you look at your uh, in your sermon insert, there you're both an insert, at the bottom of it is just some areas that, and, I, and I'm never gonna apologize for asking you to give of your time and your talent and your treasure. To give, that's what, not just to join a ministry team, but to get in there and give your energy. I promise you that we're gonna fall about as short of doing God's will as the people, if, to, to the degree that we fall short each individually of giving what God wants us to give. And yes, I am never going to apologize for asking you to, everybody say Give. Give. Get in here. Church never makes sense when it's something that you watch. It, it never makes sense. It never is quite very, very exciting. It just doesn't because church isn't something, it's not a spectator sport. Church, we are the church. We are the hands. And it only makes sense when it's a joining together of God's people and they get it. Ah, we're Kleenexes. That's what we are. We are tools in God's hands to wipe tears. And that happens when people give, yes, of your time. I mean, just being here today, you know, just a commitment to make church attendance a non-negotiable is a huge step because you keep coming, God's spirit will keep talking to you and you will find yourself serving in ways and you being used of God in ways that you didn't imagine. Give of your time, give of your talent. We're, we're stretching. I, I know it always looks like everything's just, wow, everything just pops here. We're stretching, we're, we're struggling to find people to fill holes all the time. And we need your talent, treasure. I'm not gonna apologize for asking you for money. Ministries are about, especially children's ministries, they are about as glamorous, they're about as effective. Money is required. The more impressive physical things are, the, the more impressive kids are with them, impressed kids are with them. It's just reality. God, you know what, gang, God wants it that way. He wants our investment. He wants it. He wants us to build it. That's the way he wants it. And that's what he asks us to do. The last one, if you're looking at your, at your uh, insert in your bulletin there, the letter D, 8D, I'm just gonna, not if, when you come back next week, bring a blanket or a pot or a pan with you. Project Blessing is just one of the ongoing ministries here that, that meets really practical needs. It's gonna get those blankets as we're coming into winter. There's a lot of people coming out of homelessness that, that can use these and it's something they're short on. Pots and pans, they always have need of. Every one of us in here have a pot or a pan in your house you haven't used in 28 years for heaven's sakes. Somebody could use it. 
Praise God. I'm going to uh, wrap up. I'm going to finish with this. Would you, uh, in your sermon guide there, uh, number seven, the scripture. Again, that piece of paper with 21 days at the top. I want you to, I'm not going to have time to read that. I'm not going to read that whole thing. But that scripture, uh, n- number seven, is Jesus describing our judgment. Christians. And this is confusing to a lot of Christians because we think, well, I'm not judged. I mean, Jesus Christ is my salvation. Well, your salvation and your judgment are two separate things. Your salvation is through Christ Jesus. If you have faith in Christ Jesus, that's your salvation. Judgment has nothing to do with that, all right? You're already in. But the Bible's perfectly clear that there are those who just didn't get it. And here's Christ's judgment. And just, just the things that I've, that I've underlined there. This is Christ at judgment talking to his people saying, gang, you fed me. You gave me a drink, you invited me in, you clothed me, you visited me. He goes on in verse 40 to say, whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, for people, everybody say people. Whatever you did for people, Jesus said, you did for me. That's what he's saying at judgment. Everybody look back up here, will you? That's when we stand before him on that day, no matter how spiritual we want to make it, our judgment ends up being did you actually do anything in the earth or was it all just spiritual to you? Gang, I think we get it. We are the people, we receive God's grace and we put it to work, amen? Would you bow your heads? And I just wanna pray with you and for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that God, Life Church, may we be an instrument in your hands. God, may we be those people who make a difference, who are infused with your spirit and your vision. That's why we pray, God. I pray, God, these 21 days of prayer, make them amazingly effective. Help us to connect with you spiritually so we are receiving your vision, your insight. We're doing your work, Lord, and not just our own directions. So we're asking you for vision and clarity. God, and then we're asking you for the strength to get it done in this earth. We pray all this in Jesus' name and everybody says...